Today on Watching Your Wealth, we'll debunk three myths about millennial investors, plus a question to ask before you hire a financial advisor. This is Watching Your Wealth from The Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Coming up, we'll discuss one question to ask before you hire a financial advisor. But first, we'll debunk three myths about millennial investors. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, while you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Frederick Axter is the global head of defined contribution plans at State Street Global Advisors, and he's here to debunk some myths about millennial investors. Glad you're here, Frederick. Thank you. Frederick, so you said one myth is that millennials would rather interact with apps instead of humans. And you said that's not true. That, that's correct. I mean, really what, what millennials are, are looking for, they, they, they want the app and they also want the chat. <laughs> yeah. more, more so than other age cohorts, uh-huh. um, they, they appreciate technology. It's, uh, it's convenient for them and, and so forth. But they also, more so than other age cohorts, are looking for an in-person conversation on an annual basis. Um, and I think what they're, what they're really saying is they want engagement. Mm. We need to find ways to engage with millennials. That, that's a good point. So if you're a millennial, I'm a millennial investor, how do I make sure I get what I need from my advisor? I, I think you should ask questions, first of all, about engagement. I, I think you should broaden out the, 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 the discussion to not just focus on your wealth and your future wealth, but also just about your future wellness. Uh, and um, and what we find is that um, you know that the two are are very much connected. So, for example, mm-hmm. having a, a being part of a retirement savings plan is also the the biggest contributor in our research to increase finan- a sense of increased financial wellness. Mm, so a 401k, for example, you know, starting that early and, and getting your advisor's advice perhaps on what to invest within that 401k might be something that they could do. That's right. And I think that you know, this broader discussion is something that appeals to, to millennials as well. I mean, even in our research, we find that and this just goes beyond um, retirement plans, but even things that like your your employment, we find that that 63 percent say that they left the job over the last five years to um, to find a job that's more, that resonates more with their mission and their values. So uh, the financial advisor needs to be aligned with them and be able to engage with millennials. That's true. Understand it. Uh, keep an open mind and not judge, even though it's a different generation and may have a different. Uh, needs and desires than perhaps that advisor had when they were growing up. Now, another myth you said is that millennials don't care about retirement planning. And I can tell you from doing this show, that is, that's definitely a myth. <laughs> very good. Um, it's, it's just uh, not true. And, and it shows up very clearly in, in our uh, research. So um, just to give you a couple of stats, uh, 83% say that of millennials, um, which we, by the way, define as 22 to 32-year-olds, um, say that that saving for retirement is a priority, and 88% uh, of millennials say that starting to save early for retirement is very important. Indeed. So, what's a small step they could take today to start saving to for retirement? Well, first is to. So, I think a couple of aspects here. One is 
that one of the greatest things, and even as it comes to you know, uh, literacy and so forth, being part, even if you start small, being part of a retirement savings plan is, is critical. It is, is the best learning experience that you can get mm-hmm. as well. And, and um, I think it, you uh, wrote a really nice article, I think it was yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, about teaching financial skills to children. Oh, a lot you. of things that they highlighted, uh, you highlighted there was you know, some, um, some basic uh, frameworks, uh, almost rules of thumb. Uh, so I think also to answer your question that, you know, establishing some rules of thumb, what, what you can do, both from a spending and a savings perspective, what's reasonable here mm. is, is very important for millennials. Mm-hmm. Understanding basic things like budgeting, it sounds so uh, mundane, but it is so important. And often, I, you know, I speak to a lot of financial advisors, and that's often what trips people up is the, the understanding of their cash flow, what comes in, what comes out. Now, another myth you said is that that millennials are over the financial crisis, that they're not uh, afraid anymore. But that that seems to be a myth. That is a myth. Uh, and it, it also shows up very clearly. It's 54% of millennials are saying that they take into account the financial crisis in every investment or savings decisions they make. Wow. Uh, and you may say, well, did they, you know, many of them didn't even live through the, the financial crisis and from a savings perspective. And, well, they, they did in, in large part also through their parents. Mm-hmm. And they saw their fa- parents right. go through the financial crisis. Uh, but what we see is is not just... You know, the, the question is, how uh, does the financial crisis have an impact uh, on, on decisions? Well, one is to they, they've basically reset expectations on expected returns also across the capital markets. Mm-hmm. So millennials, more so than other age courts, have lower uh, expected returns, just mm-hmm. kind of internally, is how they're, they're uh, set, uh, than other age courts. And that means also that you know, the, the job for financial advisors to think about a long-term approach to talk about that, that over time, we, we do expect that higher, well-diversified, higher-risk strategies like equities should have a higher return than, than, let's say, putting your money in the bank account. Right. So think twice before you entirely step away from stocks. This could right. be you know, a good thing for you in the long run if you do invest in stocks, at least some portion of your money. Uh, Great tips. Thank you so much, Frederick, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks again to Frederick Astor for joining us. Next, a question to ask before you hire a financial advisor. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jason Gay, and I have a podcast called Free For All. It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. Become a subscriber on iTunes and check us out at WSJ.com slash podcast. WSJ Podcast. Listen ambitiously. Now, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. If you're about to hire a financial advisor, you should ask them many things first. For example, make sure you ask about their fees and investment philosophy. Another thing you don't want to forget to ask is how often they'll communicate with you. Will they call you, text, email? What happens if the stock market drops by 400 points? Will they call you? Make sure you're comfortable with how they're going to communicate and how often. The last thing you want to hear from them when you need them is crickets. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.